0: Hey guys, welcome back to the King Kumar podcast with your host, Advait Kumar. On this podcast, you will find inspiration through the people that I interview to help your dreams become a reality and make your goals happen and not make it a new resolution that doesn't really become a resolution. Anyway, before I start this podcast, I want to share to you guys that one of my goals, and I've shared this before, is to get to 100 listens on each one of my podcasts. And I can't do this by myself. I need your guys' help. So I need you guys to keep listening to the podcast week after week. And I need you guys to show me some support and listen and also share my podcast. Please share my podcast with at least one friend this week. Please, one friend. And also give my podcast a rating on Apple Podcasts. And this would really help my channel grow. Into a one hundred listen podcast, so that I can go from one hundred to two hundred to three hundred and get uh, get just keep growing. And I, I don't I don't want to fail, guys. Like I've learned from what I did wrong in my previous podcast, and it's funny. that I'm talking about failure and how I didn't get the amount of listens I wanted to. You know what I've learned from not getting. From from going from starting off good, but then kind of having a pitfall is that I need to create consistently episodes, and I need to do that by, by by putting in a time into my podcast and um, finding guests, interviewing them, and yeah. And so my goal, that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to have from now on, I'm going to have new podcasts each week with my with my with my future guests, and I'm going to keep you guys giving you guys new content so you guys will be and en- energized and find value into my podcast. Now, I want it's funny, I wanna go back to failure because I've been asked about this in this past week. And what I what I wanna tell you guys is failure is, is a stepping stone to success. If you fail, you the next time you do something, you will succeed. And what I mean by this is, I think you guys need to accept failure. And to do this, you need to see what you went wrong when you failed. I'll give you a little short story. Um, I failed an accounting test, and I saw, well, what did I do wrong? And what I did wrong was that um, I didn't study that much. I shouldn't study as much as I wanted, should have, and I had test anxiety. So what I'm going to do from next time is I'm going to reduce the test anxiety by studying more, and when I go into my test, my test um i'm going to not get too hooked up into one question and move on from that question and if that's the last question i'm going to go back and and check my answers and be sure that i got all those questions correct so that famous that that question then i will be fine for, for the other questions because i checked it so you guys need to accept failure and you guys whenever you guys fail you need to say okay what went wrong? Make a list and what went wrong. Did you not study properly? Um, did you have test anxiety? Like figure out what went wrong and adjust that problem and fix it. That's my tip of the day of this podcast. And I hope you find that value. And if it did, share it with someone else who might be going through failure and help them overcome this by sharing this podcast. And don't forget, um, share my podcast and give it a rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. And- Let's get into the podcast with Ben Levin. So I want to go back to your social media marketing, and I want to ask you this question. I've asked someone another person this. He has his own uh, social media firm. So I know a lot of people want to start their own SMA company, Social Media Marketing Agency. Um, mm. Do you feel like that market is very saturated?
1: I would say it's not necessarily, but I will say this: because so many people have tried to get into the game, they've given many, they've given a bad rap to many business owners. So I would say it's not necessarily saturated in terms of the people who need the service. I will say it's saturated in the fact that a lot of people who didn't know what they were doing went out, charged people a ton of money, and didn't come through, leaving a bad taste in many business owners' mind who could be a, who could have been potential customers that are going to be a lot more difficult for you to make them your customer. I would say also, it comes down to one, you have to actually enjoy it and you have to want to learn because it's changing all the time. So even if you become a relative expert in the field now, if you don't stay up to date, you're gonna fall behind very quickly. And then another thing I would say is finding a unique value proposition for your agency. So for mine, like I, would, I used to do like the same sort of stuff that everyone else did. And then now I've tried to niche it down based on what's uniquely, what am I uniquely good at? So I'm uniquely good at uh, YouTube, And podcasting so I help companies with that pretty much entirely a little bit of Instagram as well but I think it comes down to everyone tries to offer the exact same things and if you don't find a way to make yourself unique people will just go numb to it it's a standard nature with people We, we we're slowly when we're shown something at first it's exciting and new so when ads were started on Facebook people were actually kind of interested in them because they were very very new and they were exciting and they hadn't become numb to them over time people just gradually go numb and they stop even listening. So I think that's kind of happened a little bit in the SMMA industry. So I'd say my biggest point of advice there is find yourself a way to be unique and make sure you're actually good at what you're doing because there's a lot of money to be had there for sure. And I wouldn't say it's too saturated if you're actually good.
0: Interesting, I like what you said. And I wanna kind of um, ask you this question based on social media marketing. Um, I know a lot of people like Ty Lopez and um, Grant Drone and uh, a couple other big guys they have their own programs where people pay like a certain fee and they get the secrets to um, learn what they do and how to be successful what are your thoughts on that like should people create courses that cost money or should they put free content out there?
1: I, I think there's obviously places for both for numerous reasons I think paid courses definitely have a place within the market I'm currently making a paid course on how to start a podcast. And I think there's value in there because if someone has the money and they can't, they don't have the time, then that's a great investment for them to find all the stuff they need in one easily form formed package that they can consume at one time. Whereas obviously you can find all the information that will be in my course online, very likely for free, but you'll spend way more time trying to find it and trying to find out what questions to even search up. So it all comes down to, your specific position. I think I've purchased many courses in my life if there's something that I want to learn and I didn't want to have to go searching through Instagram and sorry through YouTube and blogs and whatnot to teach myself. But uh, I'd say if you have no money then don't buy courses obviously. Don't put yourself into debt to buy courses. Courses are a luxury when you have built yourself up the financial backing to say my time is more valuable than the money that I'm going to spend to buy this course. And another point of note on that would be that um, courses a are- is that you want to make sure that it's a course that you're actually going to use. I think a lot of people buy courses and they're like, oh, if this is going to uh, shape my whole business and whatnot, go into it with reasonable expectations for one. And two, there's a bunch of free courses out there. Like People want to get into SMMA, you can go get certified by YouTube, by Google, by uh, Facebook, all for free. They have their own courses because the more people that know how to use their platforms, the more money they make. So it's in their best interest to educate you. So a lot of the times they'll be buying courses on these different platforms that you could go get for completely for free right from the horse's mouth. So I would
0: say it really depends, but I think courses are very valuable in certain instances. So you can definitely say your course as someone you would recommend, but I want you to go into like maybe um, a couple of courses that for me, it's like someone wants to grow their podcast um, or someone else for them to grow their podcast or even YouTube that they should um, purchase. So, kind of go into that. That's
1: really tough to answer. I haven't seen many courses that are specific to podcasting. I know Pat Flynn makes a bunch of courses on that. Um, His are just they're pretty expensive, but uh, he's built quite a name for himself in the podcasting community. When it comes to YouTube, um, Sunny Leonard Doozy is one of the best creators in terms of YouTube courses, and then as well as Think Media makes a course, I forget his actual name, but the YouTube channel is Think Media. But those are some of the best ones for uh, growing on YouTube, and then also Graham Stephan has a brief course as well for growing on YouTube. But a lot of the stuff that's in that course, all these courses, you could find through watching YouTube videos. It's just gonna expedite the process through buying a course. So that's what it really comes down to, and that's why I'm making my course on podcasting is because I get asked so many questions all the time, and. I, there's a demand for it and especially for businesses. So if you can sell this to a business, then th- that's an expense that one, they can write off, but two, that save time is well worth it to them. They're gonna spend the 500 a $1, $1,000, $1,500, $10,000, whatever it may be, if it saves them the pr- appropriate amount of time, it's well worth it. So uh, it really depends your, on your situation
0: interesting so how can people find out like if a course is like legit like how would they go about finding that because like it's kind of hard to find out this person legit like i remember there was just one guy i'm not sure what his name was but he would make videos on like drop shipping and like instagram likes and how to like facebook ads and stuff um but i don't know if he's legit and i don't know if, even if Kai lopez is legit like how can i go about and find out that they are actually legit and i'm not wasting my money and this is not a scam?
1: Uh, I would say try to find other people who have already purchased it and then talk to them about it and to uh, I say Ty Lopez the thing that he does very smartly or like, a very smart approach to it is that he barely speaks in his courses he brings in other people who are actually experts in the things that they're trying to talk about and he's just the facilitator that delivers the final product so Tony Robbins does this very often when he writes his books. I just read one of his books called Unshakable, and I was, after I bought it, I was like, well, why did I buy a book on uh, finances from Tony Robbins? He's not known to be a finance guy, but his network is some of the best finance minds in the world, and he just leveraged those relationships to put a book together and wrapped it under the packaging of Tony Robbins. So, he, Ty Lopez does the exact same thing, but just in terms of course form. So, I think Ty's courses are pretty good, um, they're definitely quite expensive. And I'd say for anybody who's going into a course, again, just don't expect to receive the world. I think a lot of people, they buy a course and they're like, after this course, I'm going to walk out with a profitable business. And that, That's not how it functions. It takes a lot of work, a lot of knowledge, and a lot of post-course effort to make these things happen. So I'd say the best thing to your original question about finding out if they're legit, I would say try to find someone who already invested that time and money into it who's not closely connected to the actual course creator to get an unbiased opinion on the subject matter.
0: Yeah. Once I start to make money, once I start to like really get to that level when I can spend and purchase these courses, I think I'm definitely going to right now. I'm not at that point, but once I do, I'm definitely going to, um, kind of get that help and do it and get, get these courses and learn and then indulge and better myself in that. So, um, I want to also with this, like, um, like I feel like many people are going to college, right? And they're taking courses like math, um, science, but many of these courses they don't use. So why shouldn't they? Like, I feel like maybe colleges should, like, maybe try to bring in these courses and teach it to students so that students can actually provide value. And I think that that might be another. Factor that could play into more students going into college because right now as you know Many students do not go to college um, They they don't feel it worthwhile and I feel like if colleges want to make it worthwhile They should have these courses like about Facebook ads about Instagram ads about how growing a YouTube channel and give it to students but and it they should also find like credible people like who have done this like not just anyone off the street like mm. people who have practiced this, because I think that 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 would be a really good idea. How about you? Do you like this idea or no?
1: I think there definitely needs to be something done that in to push it in that sort of direction. I simply I just graduated uh, in April from a marketing university program, and I would say that it was a total total rip off in terms of what I paid versus what I learned in these courses. I learned so many more practical things from courses that I've sought out myself or YouTube videos that I found myself, it's simply because of how the business model of university is structured and how they build curriculums. It's They're built to make money and, and they can't move as fast as information changes. So I think that could be a great option. It would be like potentially licensing out these courses to universities to try to at least have those because a lot of times, students will graduate, especially marketing students like myself, and they they go to marketing jobs and they're forced to learn these things and oftentimes they're taking these courses that which we're talking about to learn them. It's like, what did I just pay 100 grand for the past four years? So I think there definitely needs to be more of that moving forward because what you learn in university, in most cases, is just very either outdated or totally unnecessary, given what you're actually going to be doing.
0: Exactly, I fully agree with you. And with that, I wanna ask you, um, I want to give like give me some reasons why people should go to college and why people should not go to college.
1: Yeah, certainly that's that's great. I'm actually making a video on this topic, so I've got a few points for you. So for people who should or why you should is there's nothing else that would provide that sort of market, uh, sort of networking medium. Like n- there's nothing similar to that where you can meet so many people who are ambitious, looking to grow themselves, all in one space. So that turns the inability to to grow your emotional skills, your network, that simply isn't available anywhere else. And I think if someone could create that without all of the money and the confinement that comes with a standard university, I think that would be a great, great thing that the market needs. But that's probably the biggest why you should, and it probably ends there, to be honest, because after that, it's very, very expensive, uh, and a lot of the course material is outdated. So I'd say why you should is because of the networking, and two, if there's a specific thing, like say you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you have to go to school, there's no other option. Uh, another one I'd say is it, why you shouldn't is because it's very, very expensive. And a lot of people will go and end up, end up dropping out and then there's still like 30 grand in debt from just trying it out. So I would say if you don't have a clue and you're not sure what you want to do, a cheaper route to start would be going to a community college or what we call in Canada, just colleges. It's they're usually way less expensive and a lot more practical go do your trial run there and see if you want to extend your schooling because the first trial just because everybody's doing it is very very expensive so if you come to learn that you're not one of those people who wants to continue a school you just spend a lot of money so if i could do it all over again i don't think i'd go to school i would try to find a way to live in the school environment and work on myself building up money and building businesses that's what i would love to do but again it also really comes down to who you are as a person so if you know that you want to ride the corporate ladder you need a job to get your foot in the door. So unfortunately that's a necessary evil that you have to get that degree. So I think there's pros and cons of course. I think it could be dramatically improved and I think it's going to be needed to be improved because of the change in how people view it.
0: Exactly, I fully agree with you. I think that also on another subpar level, like they, the students need to realize that a degree is not enough, especially for going into marketing, which I am. I'm a marketing major just like you. Like, they have to realize that um, if you have a marketing degree and you go to a job, you're going to be with 10 other people who have the same degree. So how are you going to differentiate yourself? And how are you going to be that person that that company wants? And I think that's why I want to learn how to do Facebook ads and Instagram ads and run all these ads on my podcast. Only because, like, if I know that if I get into it now, or if I even get into it, like, in a couple months or in a year, I'm going to be ahead of other people who don't necessarily know that and it's going to be a lot easier for me to get that job. That's why I kind of want to do my YouTube channel because I feel like if they see that I have like X amount of subscribers, they will know that, okay, this guy's actually marketing himself. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to hire him. That's kind of my view on that. Um, do you agree with this, my view or no? Yeah, I think the
1: subscribers count wouldn't matter as much to an employer as much as it would that you're trying, you're actually doing something and you're speaking about things you're passionate about and that you're educated on. I think that's what they'd like more. A lot of the employers that I had interviewed with, they loved the fact that I was putting in all this content. It shows that you're ambitious and that you want to learn and grow. So I think that definitely matters. I wouldn't get fixated on thinking they wouldn't find it impressive if you don't have a big following. I think it matters more that you're doing it. and I think back to your points on learning Facebook and Instagram ads you can learn that stuff completely for free through YouTube videos and through the courses provided by Facebook so I would say you should definitely do that it's criminal that we're not taught these things in a marketing degree in university it actually makes no sense but uh, yeah definitely it it should be a requirement to go through the Facebook course to to learn but uh, I would say yes you should
0: definitely do that so um, did you start your own social media company or do you actually work for a firm? so I, I run my own and why did, you, why did you decide to do that instead of just working for someone and just learning from them? Like, why did you decide to go out and do it yourself? Because
1: I saw, I think it really comes down to who you are as a person. I'm very entrepreneurial and I saw that these things that I could be doing for a company I could do for myself and I'm cutting out the middleman having to pay the company, right? So I structure it all. I'm also a big fan of having as much control as possible on what the consumer receives because that way I know that I can hold pride in what I'm selling and that the fact that these people are actually getting value of it, out of it. So that, that's why I went that route. Uh, it really comes down to who you are. That's a great place to start. If you don't know what you're doing, that's a great place to get in there and get paid to learn, that's amazing. But a lot of the stuff that I already knew from from teaching myself while in school, so
0: uh, it wouldn't make as much sense for me to do that. Okay, thank you so much. That, that means a lot, like I definitely like for me i want to um work for like a marketing firm like potentially vayner media or something like that so that i can learn the secrets behind this the secret sauce there's and no secrets where... what, there's sorry, no secrets
1: there's no secrets don't get don't get it twisted i think so many people fall into that trap of thinking there's these secrets there's no secrets a lot of these things are we create this this false reality that there are these secrets and that's how so many of these bogus course creators make so much money is because because people have that exact same belief. They're like, I want the secrets. There's no secrets, man. There's no secrets whatsoever. Honestly, Facebook ads, the more that you make it complicated, oftentimes the more that you end up screwing up because Facebook is smarter than anybody on this, I don't wanna say anybody, but it's definitely a lot smarter than me. And the more that I try to get too cute with it, I'm allowing Facebook to do less of what it already knows through its ingenious algorithm. So there isn't really a secret. I think it comes down to just starting, learning, and doing. And learning that way, but don't don't ever get stopped by uh, thinking there's secrets behind that door because there isn't, man. You're capable of doing anything that they're doing.
0: Okay, thank you for that. Yeah, I see that. I, I see the the uh, kind of the wrong thinking that I had, but yes, thank you, Ben, for that. Uh, it means a lot. Um, so one of the worries I have for me, since I am a marketing student. Is that I know you might be a little biased on this, but I would love if you could help me out with this one. But I feel like when I go into a job, they're not gonna hire me because they're gonna have like all these firms helping them out. Like there's no need for me when you can hire a firm. Kind of, what's your thought on that? And like how, like how can I maybe even get that job and compete in this very competitive market?
1: So I'm not sure specifically the question you're asking. You're saying that a company, like an agency, wouldn't hire you, or why would a business hire you over an agency? Is that yeah. What you why mean? would a business hire me
0: over an agency?
1: Okay. So like versus a big agency, why they would hire someone who's like more nimble, maybe like my agency, is because one, you don't have all the overhead. So many of the bills that are charged to other companies when it's B two B is because of all their overheads. So when you think of these huge agencies, like think of how much money Media has in terms of paying its staff it's building like everything else that goes into it. its insurance so many different things whereas a small team it doesn't have to charge as much money it can make as much or more money and it also depends who you're dealing with like these huge agencies are dealing with huge companies but there are millions if not billions of small to medium to somewhat big companies that still need marketing services so that's why they would hire you, is simply because they wouldn't be able to afford to work with say VaynerMedia or some of the other huge guys. And, and two, I think a lot of it comes down to relationships. If you're able to develop a very strong relationship while also providing them results, that's they're gonna go with you 10 times out of 10 because at the end of the day, we're emotional beings that make decisions off of emotion and then back it up with logic. So if you can get that emotional connection first, then
0: it'll be a no-brainer for them to hire you if you know what you're doing interesting and do you feel like most of these marketing students like myself do you feel like they're going to be hired by actual firms like coca-cola or like marketing firms like Vayner or other social media marketing companies what's what do you think is the future for that
1: i think that's wherever you want to go i, I think you could get a job in any which place that you want i think it really comes down to what your preference is and, and where you want to go i, I wouldn't say there's one direction that i see it going they'll always be big agencies will always be smaller agencies and then huge companies will have internal teams to handle this stuff too i don't see that changing anytime soon i think it really
0: comes down to who the specific person wants to work for and in what capacity okay so i'm currently at a community college and we have this um entrepreneurial um club and one of the guys who came in he was um he was a marketer not a marketer but he created his own company an ai company that's basically helping companies market with AI and I want to ask you do you see the foreseeable future like many people have asked me like what do you think is the future of social media or marketing and I want to kind of ask you that what do you think is the future of marketing and social media do you think it's AI or something else
1: I I think as technology evolves it'll obviously be incorporated into where the attention is right now and that's social media there's so much time is spent on there and marketing all it is is capturing attention and since it's all on social media any tools that are external to that that we can implement somehow into social media they're definitely going to do that in terms of ai specifically there's so many tools being created that integrate ai to optimize the processes. like youtube and google and, and instagram they all use ai to filtrate content see what what is ranking what's not ranking they're doing that all the time because there's so much data being passed around that if these AI tools aren't in place, then it, it wouldn't be feasible to move to the next progression in terms of the evolution of the platform. So I think yeah, AI and, and other technologies will continue to be integrated into social media. I don't think there's one distinct way in which it's going, but uh, yeah, I think technology will continue to grow as we're able to do that.
0: With that, do you think that um, p- marketers or people who are majoring in marketing should they learn how to code so they can code these technologies for AI?
1: I think that comes down to knowing you. Like, I I was stuck by that too, and I'm like, oh, I have all these ideas for like software I'd like to build or algorithms or whatever. If only I knew how to build, them, then I wouldn't have to pay someone. But that's not that. That's as if you have to do it all yourself. I think people get stuck into thinking that okay, I can have this great idea, but I also need to have, need to know how to code. Like Steve Jobs, I think a lot of people aren't aware that like he, he's the business guy. Like a lot of people look at him and they think like, oh, he must have like known how to code and do all this stuff. And a lot of this you didn't know how to do a lot of the stuff that actually made that sorry that was necessary that made Apple what it is today. But he was great at motivating people, structuring a business, and making things happen. So I would say it comes down to figuring out your strengths. I know that I could spend a lot of time coding and I would still never be as good as some people that I could pay. And they yield a way better result way faster, and it wouldn't be worth what I could pay, seeing as I can get that money utilizing my strengths. So I would say, is definitely try it. See, it may be a passion and you love it. Maybe you'll love coding and you don't know that until you try. But if you invest in real time into it and it doesn't come, like you're still having a lot of issues with it, but you know you have glaring strengths in other places, then I would say, don't focus on your weaknesses. Instead, focus on your strengths.
0: Okay, yes. Thank you so much for that. I think that. I feel like coding is going to be the future, so I feel like most students should at least have some background on coding, because I feel like that's where technology is going, that's where the world is going, that's where the jobs are going. So that's kind of my opinion, and I do have parents who do know how to code, so I'm a little bit biased, and I kind of also want to learn how to code, because I don't want to rely on someone else, I want to kind of do it myself and I like what I want to transition this to what you kind of said about Steve Jobs. So Steve Jobs has built a very successful company in Apple and I know you're very entrepreneurial and you kind of study these things. Um, what do you think makes a su- successful company?
1: Uh, I guess that depends on your definition of successful. If you're just talking about like If you're speaking about the specific Apple example, what makes Apple Apple It's the design. It comes down to, uh, they, they saw that there was a demand for people wanting tools that weren't only functional, not strictly the utility of it, but also the design and the status that it meant to have that piece of tech or software. That's why people are so proud about it. And I think if you can make your customers passionate and wanting to buy your product, not only just to, to buy it for themselves, but also to show other people that they have it, and that's what is gonna be a great business is when you because that like Apple doesn't really have any sales staff when you think about it. Their products are their own salespeople. So I think in terms of a B2C environment, that is the epitome of success when you don't even have to have real sales people because like when you go into Apple store, they're not selling you anything because they don't need to. You want it. So that that's B2C success. And if you're going B2B or you're selling services, I'd say that comes down to again, it has to be the customer has to be top of mind. And if you make that process seamless, great, then you don't even need to sell because word of mouth travels incredibly fast. People love to share both ends of the spectrum. They love to share terrible experiences, but they also love to sell to spread amazing experiences. So if you focus on the consumer and making sure that you stand out amongst anybody else, then that is a successful business. And it can be in so many different capacities it could be in a tiny business that's in your local town or it could be how apple does it
0: interesting thank you for that so i have a couple more questions for you and um do you feel like marketing is more psychological or do you have like do not think marketing is psychological because for me like i feel like it's very psychological and you need to kind of learn psychology so that you can convince a person to buy your product or convince a person to you know, subscribe to your YouTube channel. Like, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, they're tightly, tightly connected. And one thing that you said right there is convincing them to achieve it, to to go forward with an action. That's the wrong way to do it because you're never gonna push someone to do something they don't wanna do. What you're trying to do is create the environment where they convince themselves. That is effective marketing. you don't have to sell anything because they're selling themselves. Once, that's what that's what true excellent selling is, is you're not trying to push anything on them. You're trying to bring them to that realization themselves because once that is convinced, you don't have to do anything. They'll sell themselves. So that's effective marketing and that's why I think very much psychology is very, very, it's close connected to that. So you, you definitely want to be educated into how people structure their decision-making procedures and everything. That's why I'm constantly reading different books on how people make decisions and how they approach life and different people so yeah i think that's definitely an integral element to to learn and then copywriting comes into that as well and that's kind of connected and how you can get these emotional triggers through the use of language
0: interesting yeah thank you for that thank you for i, I really like how this podcast like you're kind of rewiring my brain and um showing me that the way i'm thinking is like a little bit flawed and helping me fix those flaws so thank you for that then um, yeah and- hey,
1: you're you're very welcome and i think that's awesome that Nothing's flawed. It's just I think it's always great to get other people's perspectives. And I love that you have the mentality where there's things to be learned. I think the second that people think that they know everything, they know nothing. That's why I'm very much like you. Whenever there is somebody who can provide some some perspectives that are different than mine, the ability to take that in is very, very important. So it's great that you're doing that.
0: Yeah, that's why I feel like AB failed because like he you think like kind of like Kind of your point and the point that he was all about. He was all in it for himself and he, was mm-hmm. in it. he didn't care about the team. like He just cared about him. I think that's why he failed. So, Ben, my last two questions is um, I wanted to tell a story to move someone. And then I also, I know you love football, so I'm going to ask you a couple, a, a, two or three questions about that. So, can you tell me a story and my audience so that they can be moved to start something?
1: Moved. That's a pretty tough one, but um, I'll try to capture something that has happened with me that have done that. I I think the AC, my ACL story, can be one that could could encompass that.
0: Yeah, go Uh, ahead and talk about that.
1: I did many times throughout my life when things have been very very bad. I've had an ability to turn that into an opportunity, and that brings into the question of perspective and everything revolves around your perspective literally glass half full versus glass half empty can be the changing point in your life because if you approach one situation as a negative and you allow that negativity to manifest yourself into being inactive or stagnant then that's going to crush you but if you see that as an opportunity like i have with a lot of the negative things in my life then that is where you're going to find ways to grow yourself and that's not to say that i'm always positive or i'm always looking for the the silver linings and everything but i think having that mental practice where you try, it's not always going to be easy, but even in the worst situations of times, finding the opportunity that came from it. So for me, with it, when I tore my knee, I, that was terrible. It was a, a year where I felt stuck and I couldn't do the things that I love to do. But in that, there was the opportunity for a YouTube channel, which is now something that I do every single day and has become part of my life and my identity. And that all came from a negative, terrible situation. And I think that's happened many, many a time where I've gone through awful things in the past, whether remember this one course of time where I lost one of my good friends, he, he passed away. Uh, I went, broke up with a relationship of four or five years, and there's and I was dealing with very, very bad acne. Like everything came at me at one time. It was just so, so bad. And in that, I was probably at some of the lowest points I've ever been in my life. And you, your ability to step back from that and say, okay, so what's positive from this? And from that, I saw, okay, I'm at school right now, but I'm not taking advantage of school. And so through throwing myself into networking opportunities and opportunities to grow myself, I think that's where I discovered my desire to constantly learn and also empower people and educate them so that they don't ever get put in that position, that they always feel like there's a way out, there's something that they can do. So I think finding the positives in negatives is a practice that can make you a successful person in anything you wanna do, is your ability to do that. Because so many people, the majority of people, will get sucked into the negatives, and that will be the end of it, that will be the end of the story, and they won't create that underdog comeback story. Nobody cares about the excuses about why you couldn't do something, but people love an underdog story. So every bit of adversity that you face is really your superpower, because if you can combat that, that is just gonna give more fuel to the fire and make more people love you, make more people want to cheer you on, make more people support you. So I think your ability to find the positive and negative situations is paramount for success
0: interesting thank you for that and how did you over? like how did you go from a low point like how did you get back to the level that you wanted to like a high point like how did you do that
1: i think it comes down to understanding that a lot of your emotional approach to things starts internally so you're making a decision to feel bad for yourself in most cases <laughs> like mental health is a very real thing and i've, I've battled with depression myself in the past but i think the best way out of that is to make decisions make conscious decisions and and document everything as much as possible. Whatever I go through, I'll constantly document, okay, so in this situation, how did that make me feel? That's why I know where I should invest my time because I know that it makes me feel a specific way. I I feel that stimulus of passion. That's why I should invest my time into that. So I think being not self-critical, but self-aware is super, super important, especially for getting yourself out of negative situations or to get yourself out of ruts. Because once you know, you can then change the variables at play. Life is a game, but and your only opponent is yourself. But the beautiful thing is that you know yourself. So if you can be honest with yourself, you can dictate everything in your life to make sure that you're only putting yourself in a better situation that will then, in turn, change your negative mindset and mind frame.
0: Interesting. So um, I, I know you've had some injuries, so you might be able to relate what I'm saying. And you also love sports. And you've also been to college. So I want to ask you this question that I've been asking most of my guests. And that is, do you believe that college athletes should be paid?
1: I personally do. That, that, that's just my opinion on the subject. I do
0: think they should be paid. And why, why is that? Do you think like, why do you think that they should be paid from seeing it firsthand in college? Well, I actually played univers-
1: football at my university. And so I, I know the time commitment that goes into playing that sport. So I don't think the athletes should get paid a lot. I don't think that at all, but I think they should be getting something because you don't have time to work a job. I remember even in the off season of my football season at school, at college, it was like 40 hours a week strictly for football time, not to mention all the other time that you're investing external from that. So how do you, how can you work a job? How can you have money? Even if you have a scholarship, a lot of other things cost money. So if you don't have, like money is only an issue when you don't have it. So I think there should be something, and some sort of support and I think it should be spread out across the entire NCAA because there's gonna be some programs that probably couldn't afford to pay their kids, but the people at Alabama can afford to pay <laughs> millions of kids. So I think it should be structured and it should be fair across the board. But I do think they should be getting compensated because so many of them don't end up going to the NFL. They torture their bodies and then they get nothing from it, and sometimes they can even get end up with. Debt because they, they didn't have the ability to pay for things they needed while going through school. So I know they, they, they give them boarding, they give them the tuition covered and all that stuff, but I think they still do, do deserve some compensation, especially because of how much money they're making other people.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that you're in the majority, like I agree with you, I think that college athletes should be paid. And very recently, something that came out was a student at Memphis, I believe, he was a basketball player. Yeah, and I saw he that. got suspended because he accepted a loan, and to me, I find this unfair because you and I, are well, I, I can accept a loan and I'm not gonna be, um, I'm not gonna get in trouble for it. But if an I athlete know. did, they would, and I just don't find this unfair. Like even from YouTube, like if an athlete started a YouTube channel, they can make money off it. But if someone else did, then. They can make their money. I just find it like unfair that what the NCC is doing, and I hope it changes. And I do see what they're doing about getting the like, getting athletes paid for their likeness. I definitely think that it's a good idea. And what another thing that one of my friends said, what he he likes this idea of likeness, but he yeah. also said that we, the NCC needs to figure out a way that uh, many of these college athletes. That college, that these athletes don't go to big schools so they could pay a lot, but they they should like spread it around so that uh, small schools get the chance to get their cream of a crop because like they don't have the money. Like I feel like they still need to structure that, and the uh, institution may be in some kind of econ person so that we can figure this out and make it fair for all students. And um, no, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I know you're a big Jaguars fan. So mm-hmm. uh. Um, Kinda going to do things the Jags will make the playoffs
1: (laughs) Um, well unfortunately I'm not very I'm not able to approach that without some bias because I I think they will but I'm a I'm, I'm blindly in love with the Jaguars unfortunately so I think they do have a chance I think a few things have to go our way but if we take care of our business and if we're able to win I think even five out of the next Seven or especially if we win six, we'll be good, but that is easier said than done, of course. So, I'd say our chances are probably about 50 50, maybe even closer to 40 60, but we'll see. And you're a Bears fan, eh?
0: Yeah, well, we're not gonna, I don't know if we're gonna make the playoffs, but yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, our quarterback is kind of horrible. Like, I i, I know you might not like this, but I said that uh, Ryan Pace should call the Jaguars GM and say, hey, what do you want for Garden Missoux? Because like the Jaguars. Li- like to me from an outside perspective it seems like they are favoring nick Foles, and i feel like they should give a chance to garden because he's pretty good he's like for a six-round pick to go four and four in nfl that's pretty big i just, just yeah kidding. i think the so. issue is with that is that gardner uh, is
1: obviously a six-round pick rookie but nick foles we paid him 88 million with like 40 or 50 million guaranteed so when you make for that kind of investment naturally he's gonna get more of a leash and an opportunity because of how much you spent on him that's just the nature of sports in general like even if you draft a, someone higher they're gonna get more of an opportunity than the guy who's drafted lower that's just kind of how it works
0: yeah we'll see what goes on the off and i i'm hearing some trade rumors on nick foe so we'll see what happens and what the jaguars do but ben um i wanted to thank you for coming on my podcast and like i said for rewiring my brain and really, like, I feel like this podcast was one of my best yet because I asked so many questions that I was kind of flawed to, not flawed, but I was approaching it the wrong way. And I feel like you've shed a different light on that. And I also appreciate like how hardworking you are and how you're accomplishing your goals and your dreams and how just how wise you are. And so for that, I'm going to give you a round of applause.
1: (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you so much. Those, Those are incredibly kind of you, and you're far too generous. I'm still out here learning just like everybody else, and I think that's all you need to make a lifelong practice is the desire to learn, and then you'll put yourself in a very, very great position to be successful. So like you're doing right now with your podcast and all your work that you're doing, you'll definitely be successful in anything you decide to do because you're approaching it with that work ethic of that unrelenting desire to improve and to seek out uh, knowledge. So that just is super important.
0: So um, I want to give you the floor to um, promote yourself. So um, where can people find you on the socials and what is also your YouTube channel and your podcast so they can check you out? Yeah, for sure. So I'm on Instagram. My
1: handle there is Ben Levitt underscore. So it's B-E-N-L-E-A-V-I-C-T underscore. Uh, feel free to follow me there. I'm also on TikTok, just at Ben Levitt. So go follow me there. That's growing like crazy. Uh, not my channel, but not my page, but TikTok in general. And then on YouTube, it's just my first and last name, Ben Levitt. You can find me over there. And my podcast is Do Dope Shit. So D-O space D-O-P-E S-H asterisk uh, T. So then you'll, you can find that on any major podcast player. If you just type in my name, you can probably find that too. So feel free to give that. Uh, listen and if you can't find it send me a message over on instagram and i'll be happy to send you a link as well
0: okay perfect thank you for coming on ben and thank you guys for listening to the king kumar podcast and i am out